Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Stephen Monteith, and I'm here to talk about the 2020 Democratic National Convention, which took place uh, last week, actually, Monday the 17th through Thursday the 20th, where at Joe Biden and Kamala Harris were officially nominated as the Democratic candidates for president and vice president. This uh, convention, like most conventions in 2020, was entirely online. It was still... uh, it was still broadcast for for viewers on TV, but um, but for the attendees, for the people who gave speeches at it, most of them, I mean, it was it was all it was all people speaking from remote remote locations across the country and across the and across the United States and its territories, and which was um, particularly interesting for the second night of the uh, of the convention. If you don't know much about uh, nominating conventions, I'll I'll give you a brief. Well, I'll try to be brief. Um, rundown of how it goes. See, starting back in uh, February of this year, um, all the states and territories started uh, voting uh, Democrats and independents and whatnot and uh, started voting for who would be the Democratic candidate. And, And Joe Biden, over the course of uh, half a year, one, uh, more than enough, uh, delegates to become nominated. So what happens at the convention is, uh, those delegates formally say, we nominate Joe Biden to be, uh, the Democratic candidate, etc., etc., And, uh, it was actually a little bit interesting because uh, because Bernie Sanders also won a substantial number of delegates, not enough to be not enough to become the the nominee or to stop Joe Biden from becoming the nominee, but uh, he won enough that he did also get uh, nominated uh, technically at the convention. And procedurally, you know, somebody had to had to officially nominate him so that uh, Joe Biden could be officially selected over him. This caused a bit of uh, confusion online for a bit because um, Representative uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in the 
um, a Democrat in Congress, uh, was one of the people who um, procedurally nominated Bernie Sanders. So, so that caused a bit of confusion online. It's like, whoa, hang on a minute. Is is AOC still trying to get Bernie Sanders to be the nominee? And, you know, hopefully the confusion's been cleared up by now. But it was just procedure. Joe Biden, like I said, is the official nominee, and Kamala Harris is officially his running mate. And they are going to face Donald Trump on the general election ticket. Um, but like I said, the like I was saying, the roll call uh, involves all the delegates from all the different states. Um, usually they all come together for the convention and they all are called out in person and and the head of the delegation will stand up and say, we're voting for this person. That's it. And, you know, but, uh, of course, since it's all uh, a virtual convention this time, you know, they all, the delegates all spoke from their own home states. And the delegations, in some cases, um, were led by um, people who had been running against Joe Biden. Uh, For example, Minnesota... Uh, Amy Klobuchar was the head of the the delegation there. How she had run against Joe Biden during the during the uh, the primaries. Uh, Pete Buttigieg he was the, the the head of the Indiana delegation. Um. Various other states had various other people uh, speaking up for them. And I'm rather proud to say, being from Virginia, that I'm not being, not as a Democrat, I'm not a Democrat, but I am rather proud that the Democrats in Virginia chose uh, Kazir Khan to represent them. If you don't know who who he is, um, back in 2016 at the, at the Democratic National Convention there, he spoke up, um, on behalf of his son, who had been a, um, a decorated U.S. Army captain and had died, um, I remember I remember the the speech that he gave at the 2016 uh DNC because I remember thinking in that when parents he he was up there with his wife uh when parents of a dead uh army captain uh are getting up and speaking on behalf of their son and on behalf of their community the Muslims uh, when they get up and they give such a, a stirring speech, um, you expect the object of their speech, who Donald Trump, who was uh, at the time simply a candidate for president, he wasn't a president at the time, but you would expect that 
um, that Donald Trump would uh, would try to honor their son's uh, sacrifice for being killed in action. Um, but of course, uh, Donald Trump didn't. He would he decided to start a feud with a with a gold star family and it was it was confirmation for anybody who needed it that that Trump had no respect for anybody even for the families of of soldiers killed in action and of course uh a year later, um, the Kahn family, uh, they live in uh, Charlottesville, Virginia. And a year later was the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville. And it was such a, such a horrible thing that happened. One of the, one of the rally goers actually drove his, his vehicle into... A crowd and killed a young woman there and Trump who by this time was president refused to say that the white supremacists who were at the heart of this rally and one of whom had just murdered a woman he refused to rebuke them he instead said that uh, he instead said that there were very fine people among them. And that just... Well, that just pissed off a lot of people, including myself. And Mr. Khan, who brought that up when he... When he represented the Virginia delegation last week, he said that this was um, an attack by white supremacists and that we were attacked again when Donald Trump praised those racists, turning his back on a community that just wanted peace. This was also um, significant because it was the... It was, as Joe Biden said in his speech um, on the fourth night of the convention, it was what convinced him that Trump, who had not even been in office for a full year yet, had already failed as president and needed to be replaced. He said that this was that his response to the Charlottesville rally and attack was was how was how he decided to run for president because Trump needed to be defeated one way or another he couldn't uh be allowed to continue as president not with that kind of not with that kind of cowardice in the face of Or perhaps it wasn't even cowardice. Perhaps it was... Anyway, we won't get into that right now. 
there's a lot to there's a, quite a lot to cover about the about the Democratic National Convention, and I've already gone for um, like twelve minutes now, almost. Um, so I just want to cover some of the highlights. Uh, first of all, um, something that is something that I found quite interesting about this about this convention is how many former presidents and former uh, Democratic candidates and former rivals of Joe Biden's all came together to support his nomination. You know, Pete Buttigieg uh, and Amy Klobuchar did more than just uh, head up their their delegations. They gave uh, uh, Pete Buttigieg gave a speech on uh, on the potential that that America has for progressing for moving forward under the under a Joe Biden presidency and he and other uh candidates who had run this last uh, this last year for the democratic nomination they all had um some of them had some pretty serious speaking roles but a lot of them just sort of came together in in one big uh, in one big Zoom chat, I guess it was, and they all talked about uh, about their about their about the race they had run and about how now they're uh, uniting to support Joe Biden. Uh, Bernie Sanders uh, spoke on the first night of the convention, talked about how together we must build a nation that is more equitable and compassionate and inclusive. Um, and uh, Elizabeth Warren gave a speech also, and Michael Bloomberg uh, gave a speech. Andrew Yang gave a speech. Uh, These are all on uh, different nights. Um, another highlight was... When Jill Biden spoke, uh, Joe Biden's uh, wife, Dr. Jill Biden, she's uh, she spoke from Brandywine High School, where she had taught English, and and she walked around the halls and the classrooms and talked about how they're empty right now and they should be filled, about how the the school is forced to be empty by the COVID pandemic. She said, she talked about the losses that we've suffered under this pandemic and said that as a mother and a grandmother, as an American, I'm heartbroken by the magnitude of this loss, by the failure to protect our communities, by every precious and irreplaceable life gone. Joe Biden also talked about this during his speech on the fourth night of the convention. He talked about his own personal experiences with loss. He lost uh, his his son, uh, Beau Biden, and and it was clear uh, from from those two uh, speaking 
that this is that this would be a president and a first lady who would be leading with compassion and empathy from the White House. Uh, Kamala Harris also spoke, of course, um, and and just the fact that that Joe Biden nominated her, she gave some pretty uh, some pretty stinging uh, attacks on Joe Biden during the during the Democratic primary process during the debates. You know, she landed some of the some of the heaviest hits on him. And and a lot of people found found it interesting that he would nominate her. Um, not many not many presidential candidates actually nominate people that ran against them. It is it is actually kind of rare. Um, Donald Trump certainly uh, was certainly was confused by it. Uh, tried to tried to say that she had been nasty to him and whatnot. But it just shows that Biden is not a man of ego. He's not a man to hold a grudge. And that he chose her because... He feels that she is indeed the best person to to take over the duties of the office if she's called on to do that, which, you know, let's be frank, is on everyone's mind. She talked uh, she talked in her speech about how committed she is to the values she was taught. Uh, the values of walking by faith and not by sight. She talked about about our nation as a beloved community, and and that was a um, and that was certainly a theme um, about bringing America together. Uh, Joe Biden's talked a few times about how about how he's going to be president for more than just the people who decide to vote for him. He's not taking um, any Americans for granted, whether we vote for him or not. And and just one more thing that seemed uh, really interesting about this. Uh, about this convention was how easy it seemed for him to make that case the case that he could bring the country together democrats and independents and republicans because because several republicans did actually speak at the at the democratic national convention uh Governor John Kasich uh, from Ohio, he had uh, he had run against Trump in 2016, and 
Um, and obviously a lot of other people had too, who later uh, ended up uh, being on Trump's side. But John Kasich uh, emphasized that that he still didn't believe Trump was fit to be president, and that um, and that that was why he would be supporting uh, Joe Biden this time. And uh, Colin Powell, who had been a chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and a Secretary of State and a very prominent uh, Republican. He also uh, spoke at the convention in support of Joe Biden. And, and a lot of people were concerned that, that this meant that, that Joe Biden might be pandering to the right, that he might be, uh, that he might have made promises to lean more to the right just to get support from Republicans. But the fact is, he didn't have to promise them anything. Now, he's he still had the same, uh, the same progressive agenda. He didn't knock anything off of it. I mean, Bernie Sanders himself, uh, after John Kasich got, got done speaking, uh, was when Bernie Sanders... Uh, got up and spoke. He said uh, that Biden is still in favor of raising the minimum wage, uh, fighting climate change, rebuilding infrastructure, etc., etc. Joe didn't have to trade any of his um, any of his agenda to get support from these Republicans. He simply is the better choice. And I can, and I think it's easier for me to understand where these uh, Republicans are coming from. Like I said, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican either. I'm not even registered as an independent or in any kind of third party. When I vote for people, I vote for candidates who I believe genuinely want to help candidates who are who are humble candidates who are um who who can make me feel like they genuinely care most about what's best for the country they may have different ideas about what's best and that doesn't uh generally bother me because as smart as I am, I know I don't know everything, so I know I can be wrong. I know I can be wrong about what's best, and so uh, it doesn't bother me too much when I disagree with a candidate over what uh, what kind of policies we should implement. The first thing that I look for, the most important thing that I look for, is the whether or not I believe this candidate genuinely wants to help and will genuinely put the good of the country above their own ego, above their own career, basically. And when I listened to 
Joe Biden's speech, it was just so easy to see that that's the kind of man he is. I've questioned it a few times over the last year or so. I mean, I had, uh, I did have my hopes set on Pete Buttigieg. He's uh, one of those candidates that tends to, that inspires me, that, that can make me feel, like I said, that he genuinely wants to do what's right. And, and as I said in my podcast, uh, for Super Tuesday this last February, um, excuse me, uh, March, it was, it was, um, it was early March, um, as I said in that podcast, um, Pete had just gone through, uh, some pretty serious, uh, nominating contests in Iowa and New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina, and he could have gone further. He could have taken a few more days to see how things would have gone on Super Tuesday, and he would have probably had a pretty good uh, chance at at least uh, making a good showing at the Democratic National Convention. But he decided not to. He decided to put country ahead of his own ego, and he endorsed Joe Biden. And like I said in my podcast, that was um, that was what convinced me to cast my vote for Joe that day. I had intended to vote for Pete anyway because I thought then and still do think that he would be the best president out of all these uh, choices that we've had. But Pete uh, did manage to convince me that in his endorsement of Joe that Joe would also be a good president. Like I said, I'd had my doubts about him, but... But at the time, Pete's endorsement was enough to get me to vote for Joe. And then, um, and then at the convention, Joe's uh, acceptance speech was enough to convince me that he's worth voting for, not just to keep Donald Trump out of office but to but to put but because Joe Biden I believe would do a good job in office I'm going to put a a link to Joe's speech in the in the description you'll be able to to watch it for yourself or you'll be able to look it up for yourself and and uh watch it um but basically, that's what I got out of the Democratic Convention. A lot of people, Republicans, Democrats, none of them compromising on their own personal uh, 
ideas of where the country should go, none of them compromising on the policies that they think should be put in place, just a diverse group of people with a diverse group of ideas who are all united by the common idea that Joe Biden is simply the better choice for America. That's what I saw last week at the DNC. And that's what... Um, and that's what I'm here to talk about now. The Republicans are having their own convention this week. I will... Uh, I'll give you my report on that next Tuesday. You know, it's, it's still ongoing. We're not even halfway through it yet. But I'll talk more about that next Tuesday. This coming Thursday, uh, I'll be talking about uh, the DC Fandom uh, convention that was uh, just this last Saturday. Um, like I said, that'll be on Thursday. I'll tell you about all the exciting uh, DC projects that I saw there, the trailers and the guests who are speaking and whatnot. And uh, and this coming Monday, on the last Monday of the month, the last day of the month, uh, I'm going to be putting up a new video on YouTube. It's going to be my my rewrite of Overdrawn at the Memory Bank. Uh, my first rewrite uh, I did uh, earlier this uh, earlier this year. I rewrote all nine uh, Star Wars movies. Not completely. You can watch, you can listen to it on my podcast, or you can watch the video on my YouTube channel. But uh, but this coming Monday, like I said, I'll be rewriting. Just one movie, TV movie, really. Uh, you'll get all the details on that then. Be sure to rate and review whatever you do decide to watch and or listen to. Um, and leave any comments for me that you may have. Try to keep it respectful. And, and uh, of course, uh, check out my ebooks. They're available on all ebook platforms. All right. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you later. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.